morning if you're already with us. I see we have a good little following already. We're going to just read some psalms together before we start. Um, well, we're starting, but before we start officially, give a welcome. So this is going to be Psalm 104. Feel free to open that up or just listen along. Psalm 104. Bless the Lord, O my soul. O Lord my God, you are very great. You are clothed with honor and majesty. Wrapped in light as with a garment, you stretch out the heavens like a tent. You set the beams of your chambers on the waters. You make the clouds your chariot. You ride on the wings of the wind. You make the winds your messenger, fire and flame your ministers. You set the earth on its foundations, so that it shall never be shaken. You cover it with the deep as with a garment. The waters stood above the mountains. At your rebuke they flee, at the sound of your thunder they take to flight. They rose up to the mountains, ran down to the valleys, to the place that you appointed for them. You set the boundary that they may not pass, so that they may not again cover the earth. You make springs gush forth in the valleys. They flow between the hills, giving drink to every wild animal. The wild donkeys quench their thirst. By the streams, the birds of the air have their habitation. They sing among the branches. From your lofty abode, you water the mountains. The earth is satisfied with the fruit of your work. You cause the grass to grow for the cattle and plants for people to use, to bring forth food from the earth and wine to gladden the human heart. Oil to make the face shine and bread to strengthen the human heart. The trees of the Lord are watered abundantly, the cedars of Lebanon that he planted. In them the birds build their nests. The stork has its home in the fir trees. The high mountains are for the wild goats. The rocks are a refuge for the conies. You have made the moon to mark the seasons. The sun knows it's time for setting. You make darkness, and it is night, when all the animals of the forest come creeping out. The young lions roar for their prey, seeking their food from God. When the sun rises, they withdraw and lie down in their dens. People go out to their work and to the labor until the evening. O Lord, how manifold are your works! In wisdom you have made them all. The earth is full of your creatures. Yonder is the sea, great and wide. Creeping things innumerable are there, living things both small and great. There go the ships, the Leviathan, that you formed to sport in it. They all look to you to give them their food in due season. When you give to them, they gather it up. When you open your hand, they are filled with good things. When you hide your face, they are dismayed. When you take away their breath, they die and return to the dust. When you send forth your spirit, they are created, and you renew the face of the ground. May the glory of the Lord endure forever. May the Lord rejoice in his works. Who looks on the earth and it trembles? Who touches the mountains and the smoke? 
I will sing to the Lord as long as I live. I will sing praise to my God while I have been. May my meditation be pleasing to Him, for I rejoice in the Lord. Let sinners be consumed from the earth, and let wicked be no more. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Praise the Lord. That was Psalm 104 as we begin our time together today. Psalms are the prayer book of Christians, of the church. And it's all throughout the Psalms we find places in which we can find our voice when we feel like we don't have one, or we can find the voice of others when we don't know how to put ourselves in their place. And in this past week, as we have experienced violence and um, evil in many forms, uh, there are times in which that, that, that violence and that evil doesn't feel like something that we know. Um, and at other times it feels like something that we know all too well. And the Psalms help us uh, pray with other, other Christians or just other people that are experiencing things that perhaps are different than our own uh, experience. So I invite you to be praying the Psalms. I'm actually later, I'll put up a post with some other Psalms that would help you pray with other people in different positions. So we'll do that later. To start our time off officially, we have a person asked if they could pray this morning. So Amaya will pray to start and then Pastor Christy can uh, finish that prayer off wherever, wherever we are led. Nice and high Thank you, God, for this day that you have given us to come together and lift our hearts up to you. We pray that you would help us come into a posture of worship this morning. Despite anything that might be distracting us, we pray that you would center us and ready us to hear from you this morning. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. 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 You want to say welcome to River of the Valley? Welcome to River of the Valley. I like it. Okay. <laughs> yeah, this is the, the feed this morning for River of the Valley. and um, I'm glad that all of you can be joining us. Uh, we're going to be spending um, our time reflecting on the series that we've just been in with Matthew 5. Um, and we're going to be talking, we're going to be letting what Jesus has already said speak, speak into our general lives, but also specifically into what we're living in these days. Um, it's been, you know, it's been a, a rough patch for all of us. 2020 was supposed to be this amazing thing, and one thing after another has come. Um, and then um, it feels like it's even culminating further in, in the events of the past weeks. So um, this is going to be a time for us to uh, reflect honestly together on Jesus' words as much as possible. My point here is just going to be, as we've been doing in this series, letting his own words um, flow over the top of what is happening in your life, letting his own words, as much as I am able, to get behind those and let those speak to you. Um, if you haven't um, yet, I, go ahead and um, either like or share the video so that other people can be hearing what um, what Jesus has for us today. You know, we, we are, it feels like everything is coming apart at the seams um, between especially here in Los Angeles, you know, the, the year started off with 
the death of, of the legend and the icon. Um, the helicopter crash and the, the city stopped. Uh, coronavirus uh, come, come upon, comes upon us and again we, we are forced to stop. Um, and then just as maybe we were going to start going again, um, the ugliness of um, the racial inequality, uh, the evil of racism, once again, uh, pulled, pulled its uh, serpent-like head down from its tree, as we have known to be too often um, and systematic for so long. And so again, now we stop as, as the city um, protests uh, and as, uh, as first responders respond to those protests. And um, it's, it's a moment in which um, hearing, hearing the words of Jesus, well, I'll say this. I hope it's starting to become a little clearer why we have spent the last three months focusing on these words. I hope it's becoming clear that in the past three months when we entered in this series, we said we want to focus on Jesus' words that he spoke that we have recorded in scripture. And the purpose of this is because um, we, we have so many different places in our life where we, we look to knowledge, we look for information, we look for wisdom, we look for ways to respond. And the, the most fundamental way that you can be using your life right now to understand the way forward, no matter where you are in, in the complexity of the world that we're living in at present, no matter where you stand, Jesus' own words, the words from God himself, are that one sure foundation. And we've spent these months looking through this, what's called the Sermon on the Mount. And they have all of these themes that, to be quite honest, if the world were to adopt them as the, as the vision for their own lives, if nations would adopt them, if communities if individual people, if the church, if we all would understand that Jesus is speaking directly to us and when he says stuff, he means it and he wants us to embody it now. If we all did that, if we all opened up to what Jesus has asked and followed it, then the things that we are seeing now, we would not be seeing. The things that we're seeing and experiencing now the things that people have seen and experienced for generations would not be known. Because Jesus' vision of the kingdom of heaven coming to earth will have already been fulfilled through us. I was reflecting a bit on the time that we're living in, and it struck me as I was watching yesterday the, um, the, the launch of the dragon spaceship. We, we sat down as a family, we were watching a real-life spaceship go out into, up to connect with the International Space Station. And it dawned on me how, how we have, in some ways, entered into a time machine um, with, the, with the beginning of 2020 back to the 60s. And then it dawned on me, no, it's not that at all, it's just that um, we, we are, as humankind constantly with the same evils, with the same sins, with the same shortcomings, with our same brokenness. And it continues 
to play out in the context of our world, of our culture, of our society. Um, you know, it was back in the 60s when we first were launching ships into space. And it was back in the 60s where we had um, another pandemic that started um, in Hong Kong. Um, it, it's back in the 60s also where the, the famous um, civil rights actions were taken um, and so much, so much light was, was shown at that moment on the injustices that, that the, the black community faces, has faced. Um, so 100, 100 years after Abraham Lincoln and the Emancipation Proclamation, you fast for 100 years, um, and that's when we have um, the trials and tribulations of, of those 60s. And, um, and, then, and then 50 years later, 50 years later, and here we find ourselves again. My grandfather was a, uh, a pastor uh, in Glendale during the 60s, and I have some of his sermons. And I was able to find one of the sermons that he was giving in the midst of some of the, 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 the tumult, amidst some of the, um, the undoing of the society at that time around themes of civil rights. And this is something that he wrote in one of his sermons. This is from 1964. The greatest social issue of our times is the whole race issue. We are in a chaotic and almost to the point of climactic need of action. We are not at a time when we can take it or leave it. The question before us is what is our attitude as Christians? In Glendale, first of all, the ministers feel by and large that on this issue, we are as Christians ignoring more than we should. Many of us believe that the time for thinking and speaking may be over. That now we act or we reap the consequences. And so today, we continue to reap. This might be the exact message I would give today. On one hand, we do see the light shining. On the one hand, we do see how the church, regardless of race, has been with perhaps smallest of steps, growing in its appreciation for the words of Jesus. In some ways, we see those steps of progress that would have been unimaginable, unimaginable in that time of the 60s, like having our first black president. Or in those 60s when, when a life was taken, Medgar Evers, that later his widow, Mrs. Evers would eventually be giving the invocation at President Obama's second inauguration. So there, there is glimmers of hope. I think in Los Angeles, we have fought this battle in right form before, back in the 90s. And by and large, the, the opinion, the steady opinion is that 
the realities of Los Angeles have changed dramatically in those past 30 years. If you were to go on the streets um, protest in the past couple days, I think what you see, what, what you do see, is how people from every different walk and every different skin color are coming together here in LA. Because these demons of racism have been something that have been, have been identified in, in powerful ways. And still yet, and still yet, the serpent, evil can still crawl up and whisper into the hearts of humans. And the most terrible and atrocious acts come out of the hearts and minds from one human to another. What I want to do is read a little bit of this Matthew 5 again together. Jesus needs to be the one that is speaking to us. And we've read all this already from the NIV or the NRSV, and today I wanted to let Eugene Peterson have also some way of speaking into the situation, the late great mind uh, poet, scripture interpreter, Bible scholar, and pastor. And he, he put Matthew 5 into words that I also think speak directly into what we're doing. And I'll just stop a few times along the way. This is how we're going to finish up. I want to stop a few times along the way, reminding us of what we've been talking about. First, you know, Jesus, Jesus wants and puts us in a position of growth. We ended last week hearing Jesus call us to maturity. He says you're going to a place in which there is full maturity, in which things like racism, in which things like um, uh, not caring for your brother in a pandemic, things like not having hope and such great fear because of pandemics or because of the color of your skin to go for a job, whatever it is, or great fear because you've You've signed up to give your life into service for your community as a police officer, and then you find yourselves on the front lines trying to hold back rioters when you, you believe their cause in the first place. There's just so much um, brokenness, and I think a lot of us, we all, we all come to Jesus in different ways, and yet he speaks to us also uniquely from where we come. And he's bringing us to the same moment. He's bringing us to his same cross, no matter what the color of our skin. He's bringing us to the same cross, no matter uh, what we've dealt with in this pandemic. He's bringing us to the same cross, and he's bringing us to the same future in which all of that, that evil that, that tears apart the fabric of, of your own life and our society's life, that's all going away. And so Jesus has called us to mature with him, to allow him to do his maturing work in us, to be perfecting us. And there's three things I see Jesus wanting to grow. He wants to grow eyes. He's growing your eyes. That's, he's growing your perspective. He's growing your hearts, maturity, and he's growing heaven. And those are the three ways we're going to understand Matthew 5.
He's growing eyes, he's growing hearts, and he's growing heaven. It's like Jesus, when he starts to give his Sermon on the Mount, he's, he calls, he's sitting down by the lake, remember? He's sitting down by the lake, all these people come, and there's brokenness, there, there are people that have that evil uh, spirit in their hearts and their minds, that, that virus that infects people to do such awful things, and he calls a timeout. Like as if Jesus was the coach. And right there on the court, in the middle of the game, he sees things going terribly wrong, calls a timeout. And he heads up to the mountain. And he begins teaching them. And he says this. You are blessed when you're at the end of the rope. With less of you, there is more of God and his rule. You're blessed when you feel you've lost what is most dear to you. Only then can you be embraced by the one most dear to you. You're blessed when you're content with just who you are, no more, no less. That's the moment you find yourselves proud owners of everything that can't be bought. You're blessed when you've worked up a good appetite for God. He's food and drink and the best meal you're ever going to eat. You're blessed when you care. At that moment of being careful, you find yourselves cared for. You're blessed when you get your inside world, your mind and your heart, put right. Then you can see God in the outside world. You're blessed when you can show people how to cooperate instead of compete or fight. That's when you discover who you really are and your place in God's family. You're blessed when your commitment to God provokes persecution. The persecution drives you even deeper into God's kingdom. Not only that, count yourselves blessed every time people put you down to throw you out or speak lies about you to discredit me. What it means is that the truth is too close for comfort, and they are uncomfortable. You can be glad when that happens. Give a cheer, even. For though they don't like it, I do. And all heaven applauds. And know that you are in good company. My prophets and witnesses have always gotten into this kind of trouble. See, Jesus calls a timeout. And when he does this, he, he gets his team together and he's, he's saying, you guys, you're not keeping your head up. You're on the floor. The basketball's in your hands and you're dribbling around. But as you're dribbling, your head is down. You're concentrating on not losing the ball in your hand. You're too worried about, about what's happening on the floor. He says, no. You need to have your head up. You need to be able to survey the floor. You need to be able to see where everybody is and notice them. The players that Jesus wants have good court vision. Jesus wants players with good court vision that can look up and that can see where they're going, the needs that exist in this world. 
that can identify a brother or a sister that is without, that can identify a brother or a sister that's in a vulnerable position in our society because of a pandemic, because of the color of their skin, because of system, systematic or institutional um, depravity, because they have signed up to say yes to serving and then they find themselves in a difficult position. Wherever these people are, wherever your brothers and sisters are, wherever your fellow humans are in need, Jesus is saying first in this sermon, he calls the time out and says, I want players with good court vision. No more bouncing the ball with your head down. Get your head up and look at the people. Jesus continues, let me tell you why you are here. You're here to be salt seasoning that brings out the God flavors of this earth. If you lose your saltiness, how will people taste godliness? You've lost your usefulness. And you will end up in the garbage. Here's another way to put it. You're here to be light, bringing out the God colors in the world. God is not a secret to be kept. We're going public with this. As public as a city on a hill. If I make you light bearers, you don't think I'm going to hide you under a bucket, do you? I'm putting you on a light stand. Now that I've put you there on a hilltop, on a light stand, shine. Keep open house. Be generous with your lives. By opening up to others, you'll prompt people to open up with God, this generous Father in heaven. Jesus quickly turns us around, and he's not just growing us eyes. He turns us around with that ball to look up to have good court vision, but also he wants to grow hearts. He's growing eyes, he's growing hearts. He's saying that you become mature by growing empathy. You grow maturity by, by being one who can target the good of other people, who can put yourself in the shoes of somebody else, to have compassion, to feel what they're feeling, to walk a mile in their shoes, to expose yourself to something that's as different as another person, as another person's journey, as another person's reality. You are the light of the world. You are the salt of the earth. And when Jesus says these things, he showed you exactly what he meant. He came and he walked as a grain of salt into all of the crevices of this world among people who were of different race, different creed, different economic situations. He walked with people who were with, who were without. And he was the same Jesus to every single one of them. He was the same saving presence and healing presence to every single one of them. He would land often, and the disciples would record that it was as if uh, he was suffering with the people, that, that his insides were turning over, that his heart was feeling the pain of the people around them. And we are being called by Christ. He calls this time out to say, you need to feel the pain of the people around you. Bruner is one of the great commentators on Matthew 5, and, and he has this to say, 
Maturity is looking at everyone we meet and saying this at least to oneself. So I look at someone and I say this in my heart. I will never, and this is what he sees these different passages in Matthew 5 mean. I will never, God helping me, do anything to hurt you, either by angrily lashing out at you, lustfully objectifying you, faithlessly leaving your side, verbally manipulating you, self-protectively hitting you back, or even justifiably disliking you. Jesus is growing hearts. And with our hearts, we start seeing every single person in this world as two things. One, someone who God has loved and has valued enough to die for. And two, that makes them my brother and sister in the family of God. Lastly, I see Jesus growing heaven. You're familiar with the command to the ancients, do not murder. I'm telling you that anyone who is so much as angry with a brother or a sister is guilty of murder. Carelessly call a brother idiot, and you just might find yourself hauled into court. Thoughtlessly yell stupid and a sister, and you are on the brink of hellfire. The simple moral fact is that words kill. This is how I want to con you to conduct yourself in these matters. If you enter a place of worship and about to make an offering, and you suddenly remember a grudge a friend has against you. Abandon your offering. Leave immediately. Go to this friend and make things right. Then, and only then, come back and work things out with God. Or say you're out on the street and an old enemy accosts you. Don't lose a minute. Make the first move. Make things right with him. Here's another old saying that deserves a second look. Eye for an eye and tooth for a tooth. Is that going to get any of us anywhere? Here's what I propose. Don't hit back at all. If someone strikes you, stand there and take it. If someone drags you into court and sues for the shirt off your back, gift wrap your best coat and make it a present. If someone takes unfair advantage of you, use the occasion to practice the servant life. No more tit for tat stuff, live generously. You're familiar with the old written law. Love your friend and its unwritten companion. Hate your enemy. I'm challenging that. I'm telling you to love your enemies. Let them bring out the best in you, not the worst. When someone gives you a hard time, respond with the energies of prayer. For then you are working out of your true selves, your God-created selves. That is what God does. He gives his best, the sun to warm and the rain to nourish to everyone regardless, the good and bad, the nice and nasty. If all you do is love the lovable, do you expect a bonus? Anyone can do that. 
If you simply say hello to those who greet you, do you expect a medal? Any run-of-the-mill sinners does that. In a word, what I'm saying is, grow up. Grow up. Your kingdom subjects. Now live like it. Live out your God-created identity. Live generously and graciously toward others the way God lives toward you. Jesus is growing heaven. And Jesus wants us to be those who are doing those kingdom experiments with him. That's what Pentecost, today is Pentecost, that's what that was all about. That was a kingdom experiment. He came and he gave the gift of speaking in different languages to a group of his followers. He equipped them for the courageous kingdom life of bringing heaven here and now. And now he's given that work to us, to River of the Valley. He's given us all of these words in Matthew 5 so that we can go now and experiment with them and see what kind of heavenly developments we can bring about on this sin-filled earth. Jesus wants players that run his offense. He's calling timeouts all over the place right now. He's bringing us, those who claim to be on Jesus' team, he's bringing us down. He's saying, take a knee. He says, you need better vision. You need to grow some hearts. You need to play with heart. And you need to run my offense. You need to be taking what I've said. You need to find new and creative ways to make it happen. You know, in the unrest that we're living with right now, it's like there's this macroscopic view of, of lashing out against parts of society, of black community, and those, those behind that community against cops in general. And, and there's, this, there's this larger puzzle and play of systematic centuries-old sins in this country with slavery that continue to rear the head and have the repercussions that we're living now. And in all this, all of this, Jesus wants us to see, to have heart, and to start experimenting for his kingdom. If you're anxious for us to get back into worship together, if you want us to open those doors back up, this week ask yourself why. Why do you want to be back in the sanctuary? Why do you want to be back together as, as a body worshiping? Because if it's not so that we have the capacity to do better experiments for God's kingdom, if it's not so that we can better have vision and heart and grow heaven, then let's just keep the door shut. Move on to something else. We will find our hope. We will find our peace by entering into what Jesus has asked for us. If you feel like you've been dragged through the pandemic and now through all these um, issues we're having as a society, um, feel like those are continuing to just weigh you down and you, you're, you're following into despair. Yes, opening the doors up of the church is an important part of bringing that hope back. But the why and the how is that we're going to be following Jesus' ask 
to be for his kingdom. We have to continue in our, in our path. That Jesus is, is molding us into this multi-ethnic, multi-racial, different backgrounds, international witness of his body in which we are allowing ourselves to be like the family of Christ, to be that light and that salt that the world needs right now. And being any church right now in Los Angeles that, that solely focuses on one type of person, that's not the type of experiment that I see Jesus calling us to. So encouraging the voices in our church that, have, that are a people of color or, or that, that have experiences is what we must be doing. You know? It's for that reason that we exist. And I give thanks to God that underneath all of these things, like our first psalm said, that he is and has established the foundations of everything. Even this, even what we're living right now, God is underneath supporting us. There's no way to get away from that. And what he asks as he supports you, continue to grow eyes and hearts in heaven. You pray with me. Lord Father, I pray for people who are not, have not, claimed that you are the way, the truth, and the life because that's the only way forward. Without being sold out to follow you, Lord, we're going to keep reaping the harvest of brokenness. Lord, I pray for repentance. Lord, I pray for spirit of hope. Even joy, knowing that you have come to undo all of this. pray, Lord, that your Holy Spirit, like on that day of Pentecost, would continue to equip your church with eyes and hearts with eyes and hearts that we can use to experiment with your kingdom and for heaven. Lord, we pray today specifically for Los Angeles. Lord, I pray for I pray for people that are people of color. People of color who in the midst of one month have been have been shown and proved with videos how little they matter to some people's eyes. And I pray that your love for them would flood them right now. that they would find comfort there. Lord, I pray for I pray for people in Los Angeles that are seeing and watching the news of riots. They get scared 
They maybe even get frustrated and angry. Maybe they know a police officer, firefighter, that they see in danger, Lord. I pray that you would give you would give these people a sense of peace. And you would give eyes and hearts. We pray protection over those in the front lines, first responders, who for many are trying to do their best to keep order in a society in which they agree with much. So Lord, I pray that you would, you would I pray for protection. And lastly, Lord, for your church. Your church, which would be made up of people from all complex views and backgrounds. I pray for the unity of your church in such a time as this. Lord, help us to be your church, your body. In the name of Christ, I pray. Amen. So be it, Lord. Well, following this today, I want to encourage you to click on the link to have some time of musical worship with Felipe. In the sanctuary. In the sanctuary. Yeah, he has, I, um, I think he might have even more than just himself. He's going to be doing some music from the sanctuary. They're testing out our abilities over there. So make sure you check in and you can see the sanctuary. That's one big piece of being able to come back together, right? Is the ability to, for those who aren't able to come back, we need to be able to do good live streaming from the sanctuary. So that's another thing that we have to work on before we can actually come back together. So we'll see how it goes today with Felipe. Also, no pressure. No pressure, Felipe. <laughs> yeah. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> I'm just encouraging people to participate, Felipe. I'm doing it for you. Um, also, right after Felipe, at 11 o'clock, uh, Meg is doing Sunday School. And she's doing it via Zoom today. So different platform. Um, that link is on the church page if you have some kids that are excited about that. I got, we got a bouncer right here that's pretty excited about it. Um, and also on the Facebook, oh my gosh, I can't do all this um, On the Facebook feed, please feel free to leave any prayer requests that you would like the community to be praying for um, as we go back and look at those. And if you need anything that you don't want to share on this, that you would like prayer for, please reach out to us, to Pastor Jonathan or I personally, um, through email or text, so that we can be walking with you through whatever it is that you're going through. Um, and there's also, will be, maybe already is and I just don't see it, um, a link that you can click on to give your offering yes, this sir. morning as well. It is there. Yeah, my phone doesn't catch up. Um, so feel free to, or we encourage you, feel free and be encouraged to engage with this body of faith in those ways with the musical worship with Felipe right after this, Sunday school with Meg at 11, and praying for others, sharing your prayer requests, share with us, and giving your tithes and offerings. Great. Let's pray. Lord, thank you again for your community of faith in which we can pray for one another, in which we can hold one another up. Lord, we, we do ask that you would be um, in the lives of those who we're praying for, the people that we're, we're, we're considering now in our, in our thoughts. Lord, I, I lift all of these people up. You know, we have, we have a, a network now of, of prayer happening, and, and many different names are being thought of. And Lord, I pray that you would go forward 
that you would be touching uh, each of these people that we are considering or praying for and we're thinking about if they are uh, from whatever end of this, you know, pandemic to civil unrest, um, to uh, the effects of, of, of systematic racism, um, whatever, whatever needs we are feeling right now, Lord, we pray that you would be, you would be the one going ahead of us. And Lord, hear us now as we pray those words you taught us to say. Our Father, who is in heaven, holy is your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, as we forgive those who sin against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. 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 All right, well, let's um, wrap this time up with a final blessing. I pray that you now in this week will be equipped by our Pentecost Lord, the Lord who promised you his own very spirit to equip you, to inspire you, to give you peace and hope. In so doing, to mature, grow eyes so that you can see, growing hearts so that we can feel, and participating with the Lord and growing heaven even here and now. Do this and be blessed. In the name of God the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.